This is Plant-Based Briefing, the fallacy of animal rights versus plastic apparel, why we need to reframe ethics in fashion, part one, by Emma Hawkinson at goodonyou.eco. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. This is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I curate, get permission, and narrate a variety of articles on healthy, compassionate, and sustainable living in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And this is another one that's going to be longer than that, so it's a two-parter. I'll read part one today and tune in tomorrow for part two. It's from goodonyou.eco, which is the world's leading source for fashion brand ratings. They have an app and a website that help us understand that we can all play a part in driving fashion to be more sustainable and ethical by choosing to wear clothes from ethical labels and by rewearing, recycling, swapping, and thrifting. They're a group of campaigners, fashion professionals, scientists, writers, and developers who care for our planet, people, and animals, and help drive the whole industry to become more sustainable and fair. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. The Fallacy of Animal Rights versus Plastic Apparel, Why We Need to Reframe Ethics in Fashion, Part 1, by Emma Hawkinson at goodonyou.eco. In her new book, Total Ethics Fashion, People, Our Fellow Animals, and the Planet Before Profit, writer and activist Emma Hawkinson dives deep into supply chain issues associated with fashion around the globe. In the midst of a global environmental crisis and serious ethical issues, it's time for the fashion industry to take a more holistic approach to both its problems and solutions, Hawkinson argues in this extract from the book. How we view fashion and sustainability. There is no way to sustain our current fashion system, so sustainable fashion cannot exist within the industry today. The materials we frequently use and wear are depleting the planet, often even when coming to us with promises of being natural, responsible, or conscious. Two, the energy our industry is fueled with is far from green. Materials matter, hugely so. As a single-impact category, raw material production is responsible for more emissions than any other in the industry, as much as 38%. This part of fashion is also most responsible for biodiversity destruction and a host of other environmental harms. If we look at the data and listen to IPCC recommendations and calls from leading scientists, it's clear that a fashion industry which wants to exist in alignment with the Earth, limiting its impact on it as much as possible, must accept that the production of both fossil fuel-based and animal-derived materials must be moved beyond. With environmentally-minded spaces, it's generally easier to convince people of the first part. We're facing ecosystem collapse, and as hard as BP tried to ensure otherwise, we know fossil fuel extraction is a dangerous foe we must be rid of. It's the leading cause of the climate crisis and must be urgently phased out as confirmed by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC. Less widely acknowledged, the IPCC also states that a switch to animal-free product alternatives would result in a substantial reduction of greenhouse gas emissions and that methane emissions specifically, largely caused by animal production systems, have contributed 0.5 of our 1.1 degrees Celsius of global warming so far, with the global consensus being that we must work to curb warming before we reach 1.5 degrees Celsius. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization has also long stated that farmed animal production is one of the most significant contributors to today's most serious environmental problems, and that urgent action is required to remedy the situation. Even despite this scientific consensus amongst leading experts, convincing people of the animal side of fashion's required transformation continues to be much harder than that of oil-based synthetics. This is in large part thanks to fallacies of quote-unquote natural 
and lobbying by industries which looked to the likes of Exxon's cover-ups as inspiration, not something wicked. The fallacy of natural. If something is natural, it's derived from nature, the physical world around us, not made by we humans. Appeals to nature imply that if something is natural, then it must be good, and vice versa. But plenty of things fall into the natural and bad categories alike. Deadly viruses that have killed millions of people, for example. When people argue that wool is natural and therefore good for fashion, they rely on this same premise, but they miss a few things. While it's true that the hairs which grow off the bodies of animals are natural, and that sheep are raised outdoors in the environment, everything else about the wool industry is human-designed and controlled. Domesticated merino sheep are the selectively bred descendants of mouflon who have lost their naturally shedded outer fur layer in place of an unnaturally thick wool layer which won't fall out. In fashion's wool production, the matter of which animals breed, which animals die, and which bloodlines continue are decisions designed by the industry for profit. These manipulated, commodified animals often stand on monopastural lands, which were once full of abundantly biodiverse plant and animal life. Now it's just green grass and sheep, and millions of them, 70 million in Australia alone, over 1 billion globally. This scale cannot be remedied by alternative ways of rearing sheep, and this industry is eating away at natural lands because those numbers are far from natural. Even on a smaller scale, this system requires far more land than any plant-based cellulosic or recycled fiber system would. Also, the methane gas released into our atmosphere when over a billion sheep pass, breathe, and belch has a devastating impact on our climate. Small ruminants like sheep and goats are responsible for as many tons of carbon-equivalent emissions as 103 million cars driving throughout a year, with cattle responsible for far more, and on the natural world we want to protect. There are two powerful graphics in this article, which you can see if you link to the original post in the show notes, but the first depicts a comparison of annual small ruminant emissions to driving cars, and the second shows the land-use comparison for one sweater made of Australian wool versus Australian cotton or 10-cell lyocell. The 10-cell lyocell shows one little square plus a little bit extra. The Australian cotton shows seven little squares plus a little extra. But the Australian wool sweater shows over a thousand squares. We need to be driven by real-life impact, not by senses of what's natural or what seems sustainable. Human invention may not be natural, but it's long existed, evolved, and helped the natural world, producing more land-efficient plant fibers, less resource-intensive dyes, and biomaterials, which marry what's natural and what's invented perfectly for the benefit of the planet and us all. While we need to move beyond inefficient and harmful material production, it's not only about fossil fuels and animal production systems. We've also got deforestation for irresponsible cellulosic materials, toxic pesticides in many conventional cotton fields, dyes which render biodegradable fibers no longer so, and a dauntingly long list of other woes to work out. You just listened to The Fallacy of Animal Rights versus Plastic Apparel, Why We Need to Reframe Ethics and Fashion, Part 1 by Emma Hawkinson at goodonyou.eco. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. As mentioned, tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, where the author discusses degrowth in the fashion industry and a holistic solution. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.